0: In Detroit, where the Wizards' two-game winning streak is over, the loss tonight, 121-112 to the Pistons, means that the Wizards have now failed to win 50 games for 40 consecutive seasons. What is that? Last time they won 50 was 1979, they're 24-33 and 33 now, four back in the lost column with the eighth seed. Who are the Detroit Pistons who we just saw tonight? I'm Fred Katz. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark, and I cover the Wizards for The Athletic, and I'm here with our Pistons beat writer from The Athletic, James Edwards.
1: Fred, like I told you off the, the microphone, it's an honor to be on here. Big fan of the podcast. And we were supposed to do this a while ago, but I messed up on my end and didn't come to D.C. And so now we got it to happen. So I'm happy.
0: I'm glad it's happening now. We got, we're here in the arena. We got, this is one of the few, one of the few places in the NBA that gives us beer after the game. Mm-hmm. We've got our very high class Bud Lights here.
1: We're like stone cold.
0: <laughs> Steve just pounding them together. <laughs> Having a hell of a podcast after what was like, what a bad game. Yeah, it was. Like what a boring, yeah. crappy game. Uh, Blake Griffin was great. 31, 9, and 9. Andre Drummond just killed him. 32 and 17. Beal had 32, six boards, 10 assists. Uh, Trevor Ariza had a had a big game. He had 23. Bobby Portis had six threes at 24 points. The
1: I came winters- to the,
0: Sorry to interrupt you. I, yeah. came to the real,
1: I don't know if, as a journalist, if I'm allowed to say this out loud, but I'm going to say it. Yeah. I came to the realization that Bradley Beal. This, today I had this realization that Bradley Beals are my top five favorite players to watch. Ooh. Okay. I love watching Bradley Beals. Let's just NFL start with basketball. that. Okay. So why? Just the way it. it honestly, it is just the way And yes, you game. can absolutely have favorite
0: players to watch, by the okay, way. Okay, good. I have, everyone has favorite players I'll to watch. Figure. If you don't admit favorite players to watch, then you are um, pretending to not have biases for the sake for sure. of feigning like journalistic You're integrity. You're overly...
1: Yeah, over... What's the word I'm looking for? Overtly saving your integrity, which is just ridiculous because we all started as fans of players, right. which is why we're here. But just the way he, he plays, so smooth. Jump shots, beautiful. Um, he plays hard. I love his his step back. I love the way he creates separation. It's super nerdy stuff, but just the way he plays. He's not when you see him in person. He's not a he's not a, he's listed as six five. I'm sure he's six five, but that might be a little generous. Um, but just the way he gets to his spots, he knows the spots he can get there. And that jump shot, man, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty state of the art, uh, picturesque form when he gets going.
0: There might just be a big blowout story on Bradley Beal's step back coming later this man, week. We
1: just talked about that. What yes. a plug! <laughs> yes, please. I will I will read that three. To- I will subscribe two more times if you write that story.
0: It might just be coming as part of our, uh, you know, we've got our our blitzes coming out about all the all-stars oh, sure. that we've got coming out. You've got an all-star on Blake. And yeah. And you now you've got a Blake story in the works for whenever that comes out. Yeah, and yeah. i got my Beal story coming out. We're shooting for Friday. So subscribe so, to The Athletic. And you Please. can read that story all about uh, Bradley Beals. Is
1: he, a, is he one of those guys that, like, if you talk, like, nerdy to him, like, he gets excited? Yeah. He seems like that yeah. type of guy, which is another, like, Blake's the same way. If you, like, get nerdy about basketball. Blakes all for a conversation.
0: Yeah, so Brad's interesting because he is very so I love analytics. Okay. Brad is very I'm not gonna say he's anti you know what yeah he's very anti analytics. Mm-hmm. He really actively dislikes analytics mm-hmm. to the point that if I'll ask him analytics questions in a scrum, sometimes he'll like intentionally just like give me snarky responses because <laughs> he knows it annoys me and he thinks it's funny. Right. Um and he knows that, like, I, I really enjoy looking at that stuff and writing about that stuff, and we've had those conversations. But he loves talking about kind of the ex's nose of the game. Mm-hmm. He loves talking about guys he liked watching growing up. as fair players were, like, Ray Allen and Dwayne Wade and Allen mm-hmm. Iverson. He loves talking about those guys.
1: And I can see, I see the first two in this game. I really do. I mean, Ray, yeah. Allen, that was the, Ray Allen was, like, the comparison he got out of college, mm-hmm. right? But you even see when he attacks the hole, he doesn't get up like Dwayne. He can... Bradley showed up tonight that he can really get up. I don't think he shows as much as he, he can, but just the way he attacks the hole again, he, he, he gets to his spots, kind of is able to sliver, sneak through defenses. I can't talk right now. Too many Bud lights. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I haven't even done with the finish one. Uh But just the way he gets to his spots is very reminiscent of Dwayne Way.
0: Yeah, there's some stuff there. The way he kind of finishes, the way he changes hands in, in the air. He does that thing where he kind of, Goes up with the, with with both hands yeah. and then kind of scoops and For sure. he really you can tell he's deciding which hand he's going to finish with yeah. while he's in the air. That's outrageously difficult. He does that. Uh, the thing that we should have talked about first, that we were going to break down this game though, yeah, is man Drummond and Blake just destroyed them, and we've seen this with Thomas Bryant before, where Thomas Bryant. He just doesn't have the lower body strength right now. Mm-hmm. He's 21 years old. I think he'll build it up. Like, he's a big dude. Yeah. This is, you know, his young kid body For now. sure. Like, he's 21.
1: Getting, through, getting by on just energy and hustle right now. And right. He, and he plays very hard.
0: Yeah. And, and so we saw this against Miami, where Hassan Whiteside just muscled him. We've seen it against Philly. We've seen it for spurts against OKC with mm-hmm. Steven Adams. Like, he just gets muscled. And it's not just that where like guys will beat him on box outs with Drummond or or maybe post ups. It's also in pick and roll stuff too. Mm-hmm. So like they were putting him in pick and roll a lot, especially in the first quarter. And guys were just getting to the hole. Drummond was getting to the hole, or you know they were end up having to switch onto Blake. And Chase and Randall was having to guard Blake in the post, yeah. and that was going as you'd imagine because Blake is so much bigger than Chasem and Randall. And like especially early, those guys like eighteen of their first twenty-one points or something like that in the first seven minutes yeah. were in the paint, and so Andre like had three
1: in like the half court where he was and Like it wasn't even just like a transition type situation. There was a couple, I think at least two, where the ball was just swung to Andre in the paint just by himself and. It, it, there was a couple I remember one play you could tell that the what Brooks wanted to do with his double of, of Blake was send him baseline because there's one place in particular the basket closer to you, closest to you where Ariza was, Blake was backing down Ariza and Blake spun baseline and Ariza kind of just stopped and I think it might have been Thomas Bryant who was, he, Ariza thought was coming over because Ariza just looked like he just like was stuck in the butt and just like quit like somebody put his life on pause with the controller or something <laughs> like that and he just moved, didn't move and then he yelled like you're supposed to help so there's you could see that even with Thomas Bryant like you're saying there's still some things to pick up but when you play with hard and you play with the heart that he does you're going to the coach is going to throw you into the game and, and at least see what you can do but it, like you said they struggle with like they struggle trying to figure out how to throw different looks at him when to throw different looks um, and then Andre was just that was Andre at his best uh, tonight, just grabbing every rebound, finishing. That's the biggest thing with him. Is is he, is he going to hit these bunnies? Is he going to hit the layups? Is he going to get the calls, the fouls? Is, is he going to hit his free throws? And if I'm not mistaken, he was pretty good from the free throw line tonight, right? Yeah, um, he was uh, 8 for 10. Yeah, so, I mean, when he's doing that and he's welcoming contact because he can hit his free throws now, that, that changes his game a lot.
0: Yeah, and with Blake specifically... They were wanting to double him in the post. Mm-hmm. But they were like, they were soft doubling him. Yeah. Thomas Bryant was coming over and just kind of half, half-ass doubling when he, when he was supposed to. And I don't think you can do that with Blake. No. Because he is one of the five best passing big men I in agree. the NBA. I agree. Like, if Jokic is the best. Yeah. It's like him and Draymond, one of the
1: three best. The thing that hurts Blake, and people might think I'm crazy when I say this. Sorry to cut you off while you get right back to your point. All right, so he had nine assists tonight. I think he's only averaging five this year, and part of it is because the Pistons are the worst three-point shooting team in the league but generate the six most wide open and open three-point shots. They just can't hit them. If this team was an average three-point shooting team, Blake would be flirting with a a triple-double
0: averaging, I think. I think he's averaged close to eight assists. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, look, five is a lot for a big man. Right. Like, it's just that like Jokic and Draymond have ruined the way that we look at those numbers. Sure. Just like Russ has ruined the way that we look at triple-doubles. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if a big man averaged five assists four years ago, Nuts. that would usually lead the league amongst big men. Right. Like, we were talking—I mean, look at twenty. Okay, 2014, mm-hmm. the year that Blake finished third in MVP, MVP. voting. Yeah. Uh, Noah finished fourth mm-hmm. and the whole thing was right. everyone got got hurt with the Bulls and the Bulls still won 48 games and Noah's MVP narrative was like look at the way that he's held this up being like I think he won defensive player of the year that yeah. year he's held up the defense and look how they're now running the offense through him right? right look at this he's the best passing big man in the league they're running the offense through him he averaged like 4.8 assists that year yeah which is a great number <laughs> for, for sure. a big man right. but like they also were twenty eighth in offense yeah. too because they were running their offense through Jokic Noah, right. but, yeah, but it's like but it's something like that was four and a half, four, five assists not something a, like yeah, that, yeah. and like that was a That's crap ton nice of assists for yes. a big man. But now Jokic just being uh, the best passing big man since you know fill in the blank right. has just thrown that off, and Draymond being like a big but not a big but and having you know. the
1: greatest scores ever around him helps. Yeah, people make shots yeah. around Draymond, so that definitely yes. helps. But he's a great. I mean went to Michigan State around the same time he's a year or two older. I mean, he was a he was point guard at MSU. I mean, until mm-hmm. Denzel Valentine really kind of started to find his role in Travis Trice and guys like that. But Draymond was very much a point forward in college because that was his greatest attribute aside from rebounding at the time uh, was his passing. Like, Izzo has been blessed to have some great passers, and Draymond is near the te- near the top of the pack in, in that regard.
0: Yeah. And as for Blake, if you're just going to, like, half double him, if you're going to bring those soft doubles, mm. But well, the problem is you're now not guarding somebody right. who Blake is going to find yes. because he has the time to find them yep. because you're not hard doubling him. You're not rushing a decision, yep. and you're not guarding somebody else. You're not going to disrupt him. He is too composed of a passer. Yep. He's too smart.
1: Very meticulous. He's,
0: he is – you know, I've said this on this podcast a lot because I think, like, the basketball community attributes – uh, passing just to vision and intelligence, mm-hmm. which obviously that's a major, major component of being a good passer, yeah. there's a lot of physical ability in being a good passer. When you see dudes thread the needle on those yep. passes, that is physical ability. That's practice and accuracy. That's the same skill as it is when Tom Brady throws something two inches over, you know, a cornerback's fingertips. Right. I mean, that is the exact same skill, and Blake has that skill. He's 100%. unbelievable. So if you don't rush him, but you also aren't guarding one of those people, he is going to find that person. And that happened, especially a lot in the – in the. he carved them up in the half court. You'll I hope see people time. are
1: listening to you because you wrote the greatest dissertation on passing, and you know what you're talking <laughs> about because you're just surgically breaking it down. I agree with you 100%. Like, Blake is a, a surgical basketball player. People that have not watched him in Detroit, because it's Detroit, I understand that, or haven't seen him a little bit, or saw a different type of Blake in Los Angeles because of who he played with, he's one of the smartest basketball players. I think it's almost to his detriment sometimes how much he thinks. Um, he, he, you can see the wheels moving in the, in the game, and sometimes he when he does the head fake, the long head fake with the dribble, sometimes he should just shoot it. Um, I, but like you said, he, he understands where players are supposed to be, where the double he catches the double team. Like you said, they're not blitzing, but they're not just rushing him. He's he's laughing in his head. He knows where everything's coming from. He knows who's going to be open. It's just on his teammates to hit the shot. And I think tonight, like you said, with the soft double and the Pistons hitting threes tonight, it was just a, I mean, that's what leads to him having nine assists. That's Mm -hmm. the difference between him and every other night when he has three or four is because the team's not hitting threes. But they've been hitting him over the last two weeks, weirdly enough. Um, this is the second game without Reggie Bullock, who was the best three-point shooter on the team, um, and they've shot really well from three the last, the last two games, I believe, the game before. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure they
0: did. Is there an NBA player, and I'm sure you've thought about this because you cover, you cover Blake, is there an NBA player who's still really good, who has transformed his game as much as Blake has since coming into the league?
1: Great question.
0: While actually maintaining being good? Yeah. Like, not actually falling off, right, but right. just changing their style? Right. Uh, I would say... Is there? Do you have one? No. I think, I think he's done it the most. I mean, there are guys who have just gotten old, like Dirk. Yeah. But... And, like, there are, there are guys who, like, you know, like... Dwayne Wade changed his style as he got that's old, but with, right. but with Blake, it's like Blake is still in his prime. Right, he's definitely lost athleticism with the injuries and stuff, but he hasn't gotten old. Right, he's just transformed he's the adapted. way he plays. He's adapted to the league. I can't shoot
1: think shoots six threes like, a game, and that's kind of what my piece for the All Star thing is coming down to. Is I think we you saw that in his last the last year in L A, the last half a year in L A, because he was shooting like five threes a game. But I mean, that really kind of came to fruition once you saw him with the Pistons jersey. And that's every coach I've talked to, the evolution of his game. You, uh, you weren't, you were, I don't know if you heard what Brooks said today, but he just talked about his ability to add the three ball. And I asked Scott, I was like, people worry about Blake's injury history, and rightfully so, that was the concern when the Pistons traded for him from the, the fans around here. But I said to him, I asked him, could you see Blake, now that he added a three-point shot, being this dominant at 32-33? He's not a guy, his athleticism has been gone for a while. That's usually what goes when you turn thirty-two, thirty-three. He's dominating with bully ball, but you don't—he's not going to get weaker at thirty-two, thirty-three. And he's actually started to add a three-point shot. Is he like—is this something that if he stays healthy, like he's twenty-nine now, turns thirty in March? I think he could be this player through the duration of his contract with the Pistons because of how he plays. I might sound crazy, but I, I think bully ball
0: and three-point shooting can last you a long, a long time in this league. Yeah. I think as long as... The only thing is if he stays healthy. Yeah. As long as he stays healthy, yeah. Sure. I'm with you. I think he's got to. St- and you know what? I bet you he becomes a better shooter. Yeah. Because he's not as good of a shooter as he can be. I bet you he becomes a better shooter. And we just talked about his intellect. Right. He's such a smart passer. Yes. And he's... I bet you he's, he's got one of the best handles of any big men in the league. Yes. Like, I bet you... I bet you he gets better from that aspect from the shooting mm-hmm. and, and that kind of stuff like maybe his footwork isn't as great in the post because he's just maybe he's not quite as quick or right, something right, like right. that but like yeah
1: I have a question for you the last night yeah. on Blake right now if you had to make your all NBA team teams is he on one of the three?
0: Oh, I don't know uh, okay so for- forwards my forwards in some order would Kawhi for sure KD for sure Paul George for sure Giannis for sure so Blake would be LeBron. third team at best. Oh, LeBron, so that's that guy, five. and now sixth spot.
1: Do you do? Do you pick Ben Simmons over over Blake? I he's think he's probably Blake's a guard on there. That's what, that, and that's what too where the, the uh, kind of where, where do you define uh-huh. Ben Simmons on that? Which you should because he's playing point guard.
0: I mean, I would go Blake over Ben Simmons. anyway. I, I would too. Um, I would go Blake over Jimmy Butler. Yep. I would go Blake over. Let's see. I'm running through. I'm trying to think. We had this talk
1: uh, I was talking to somebody about it earlier we couldn't think of a six that made sense right They're off, the, off the cuff
0: um, I mean Anthony Anthony Davis has been a center all year yeah so you have to throw him out as a center yep Joel's center um, Lamarcus Aldridge I think i take Blake is lamarc who's I watched
1: San Antonio the other day who's a center in San Antonio Pobo comes off the bench
0: I mean, so,
1: but he doesn't play minutes. I was going to say, but he started on the bench the game. I would. Aldridge,
0: Aldridge kind of
1: yeah. goes back and forth. Yeah, okay. So I wonder if you, he yeah, – I mean, technically, we all know LaMarcus is a power forward, but I don't know if – yeah, he might be logging, like, technically center minutes, I guess, this year. But, yeah, I mean, LaMarcus has had a great year, so I'm not arguing if somebody says him. Yeah, no, look. I think
0: I would say Blake. You Maybe could. I would say Blake. Is if there Blake someone, gets the Pistons into the playoffs, We have no computer or anything in front no. of us, so if we're just forgetting somebody, just know yeah. this is literally <laughs> – talks over beers yeah. right now. <laughs> right. No, for sure. Like we, it's not even talks over good beers. It no. talks over Bud Light. This is whiz after dark.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, it is not. Exactly. It's not over good beers at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, your Don tweet was... Can I... What, what goes like... Can you like take me into your brain during a basketball game? Is that like a weird question? It is a very weird question. It's a very... Your tweet was very like, oh, we should have thought about that. Thon... What was it, Thon's parents are actually Thon's maker.
0: Yeah, thon, thon, Thon's parents are. are actually Thon makers. Yeah, Thon makers. Like, yeah. that's hilarious. Technically, technically, Thon is not a Thon maker. <laughs> no, he's not. Thon's parents <laughs> are, thon, are make- thon makers. So maybe he should actually be Thon maker Jr. Because his parents <laughs> are <laughs> Thon makers.
1: Like, that's a joke to me. That I should have seen by now, <laughs> and then you just in the middle of like the third quarter of a game that everybody's trying not to fall asleep, you just I come was in bored, with a just drop a, a Funkmaster Flex bomb and <laughs> like, you, how many retweets is that at? I have no idea. It's a, like that was killing my. F town line or my mentions <laughs> like the Fred Cat's tweet just blowing up that was good man you're good on Twitter you're, one my, you're, you're
0: hilarious well hear that follow me on Twitter yes I'm what brilliant. else uh, what else we got from this game before we wrap up because we barely talked about you. this game yeah ask um, away
1: um, where was so Bobby Portis always been a fan uh, love guys that play hard love guys that I know can beat anybody up in the league but walk around with class and, and manner it's kind of like the Antonio McDyce uh, he's, he's cut from that, that cloth, that lineage. I guess you've you've only been around him for a couple of days, but 6 to 10 from 3. Was that something Scott talked about when they acquired him, like his ability to stretch the floor? Because obviously, as I'm sure you have not, I've not watched much bowls this year. And I don't remember Portis in the years I've watched be this good of a 3-point shooter, and today I didn't feel like he missed.
0: Yeah, no, he's, he's shot pretty well from 3. This year, he shot pretty well for Chicago. One thing that's really exciting about him for them is that Scott Scott just really wants three point shooting. Yeah. And now every player that he has in his rotation now that he's not playing Decker and not playing Mahimi, is someone. I mean, I guess uh, Parker kind of borders on this, yeah, yeah. but people guard Parker on the perimeter. He looks so bad. He was bad, bad tonight. Oh, oh man, God. he was real I feel bad. Like bad.
1: Like it's sad to watch.
0: He was really bad. Yeah. He was he was good against Chicago, and he was good that. in their he was good in their first game against Cleveland. Literally, maybe the two worst defenses in the NBA: Chicago and Cleveland right, right now. So sense. that's your like not even grain of salt. That's just like uh, you know when you go and you buy those like Morton's boxes yeah. you buy at Costco. Yeah, yeah, that's the amount of salt <laughs> you can <laughs> take that with. Uh, even though I wrote a nice piece about Parker over the weekend, saying mm-hmm. here is something that he can help them with uh, with transition passing, but he was. Not good tonight. Of uh, he's kind
1: Jabari Parker can help the Wizards with transition passing. That's, a,
0: <laughs> that's phenomenal.
1: That's why you're one of my favorite reads, man. That's the nerdy shit I like, too. It is nerdy. I love it. It's, I love it.
0: it. Sometimes you get to dig for the optimistic no, no, take when you're covering a 24 it. and 33 team. That's what I love about it. It's creative. And that, that
1: uh, very niche... Um, Topic that you're tackling is important. Like there is, that's important to be able to help yeah. pass and transition.
0: But back to we have gone on so many tangents yeah. on this podcast. It's yeah. great. That's yeah. what a podcast is. Uh, what was I saying? Right. Have, everybody, everybody in their rotation is somebody who you at least have to guard on the perimeter. Right. Guard on the three point line. Yep. And Portis is definitely one of those guys now, I think. And that
1: brought, almost brought them back into the game. I mean, they cut it to nine. It was way worse. But they had, like, four threes in a row, three threes in a row. And it was like, you look up, like, oh, everybody out here can hit a three. Yeah. Which you can I mean, say about Wiz teams of the, of the past.
0: He's, he's a good player, yes. Bobby Portis. The issue in acquiring him for Otto Porter is that he's restricted at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And if they want him, they're going to have to pay him. Right. Because I don't think he's going to be one of those restricted guys, even though he's not like a tier one restricted guy, I don't think he's going to be one of those restricted guys that's just going to kind of fall through the cracks and is going to you know, end up getting a two for 12 deal. Right. If I that's agree. the case, he'll just take the qualifying offer and then he's going to walk the next year yeah. as an unrestricted free agent, or at least you don't have the ability to retain team control. He can so, help
1: a really good team.
0: Like yeah, if, I agree.
1: Yeah, if you don't pay him well, he could help a really good team.
0: I agree, and... One thing that I find interesting, so I kind of thought, all right, there are similarities between him and Thomas Bryant. Mm -hmm. At least for now, he's a better player than Thomas Bryant. Yes. But both those guys shoot the three. Mm -hmm. Both those guys are skilled on the inside. He's more of a post-up guy than Thomas Bryant, but they're both good pick-and-roll guys, Mm -hmm. both very active, relentless screeners. Mm -hmm. Both of them roll hard. They both have a lot of work to do on the defensive end. I Bobby think Brian Thomas, Thomas Bryant mentorship story? Well, I don't know if there's mentorship there. Yeah, we'll have to find out. Something we'll have tonight. to find out. Yeah. But I was wondering if there was some redundancy. And I asked Scott Brooks after the game uh, about not playing Mahimi tonight because this seemed like it could have been a Mahimi game. they had <laughs> yeah. With the way that Drummond and, 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 uh, and Griffin just killed mm-hmm. him, I felt like it could have been a Mahimi game. And I didn't want to ask why know Mahimi because with Scott, you're just not really gonna get an answer. So I asked him about I asked him about Bobby Portis if he thought he was really more of a five because he's really been playing him at the five and he basically said he thought he was a five and then I followed it up with you know, I asked because I I'm curious to know if you would play him and Mahimi together. And he kinda of gave me a non answer. And in this case, like, if you're giving a non answer in that scenario, it's because you just don't want to flat out say <laughs> that you wouldn't play them together. Right. And so I wonder what scenarios in which he's going to ever play Mahimi now.
1: Because uh, that's the scenario in which you would play Mahimi and Fortis and yeah. together. Yeah. Blake and Andre. Because what other, who else are you going to see with that bruising of the front court? Hmm. There's nobody else playing like that, really.
0: Maybe Toronto.
1: Toronto can now. Yep, you're right. Toronto. Now they got Gasol. Yep, Gasol. But even Ibaka stretching it out. San
0: Antonio. Yep.
1: Yeah, LaMarcus is gonna take you down there, but yeah. No, I, I feel you. I, I, I agree. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, so I, I wonder,
0: like, I'm with you, if he's out. Um, I also wonder what that means for the future because Bryant and Portis are both unrestrict- are both restricted free agents mm-hmm. now. And if you think they can't play together, or your coach thinks they can't play together, um, or at least thinks, not even thinks they can't play together, but maybe he just thinks they're best off not playing together. Right. And you have to pay Bobby Portis, and maybe you have to pay Thomas Bryant. Yeah. Depending on what price Bryant commands this summer, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to make a decision. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden you're caught in a similar position as to when you're paying Mahimi big money. Uh, Howard, relatively big money. Jason Smith, $5.5 million a year that they were in earlier this year mm-hmm. with a bunch of guys who like they couldn't really play right. and just combining them all for this one huge salary. So, a little something, to, you know, it's, interesting. it's super early to determine anything for sure right now because Portis has been here for three games. It but looks, it's just a little something to monitor for the rest of the just season.
1: Just really quickly, and then we can get out of here. For you, you'd pay Portis, right? Based uh, on what you've seen so far, it depends on the price.
0: It Depends on the price. Yeah. Depends do you on have the a risk. number in your head? Yeah, but I'm not gonna say it. Okay.
1: Can we circle back? Can you can you DM me it, and I'll we'll bet lunch or something. Yes. All right, we'll do that.
0: Yes, we'll do that. I'm Chinatown, not gonna say. In no. DC. At some point, I'll say a number. All right. I think it'll I think we'll get eight figures.
1: I'm with you. I think he should. Yeah. Depends on the team. Yeah.
0: He's good. He's a good player.
1: I like Bobby. Yeah, plays really hard. He's, uh, again, he fits the mold of today's bigs. You can, I I wouldn't even, when he's at center, I don't know if I'd call it small ball, but, like, the fact that he can stretch the floor, and if he's shooting 60% from three on most nights, which is not going to happen, but you know what I mean. If he continues to shoot well from three, like, that's a guy you want to keep around. Why would you, what is Dwight going to do to help you? What is, I mean, Thomas Bryant again. I, I I haven't seen enough of Thomas Bryant to know if he has that type of um, if he has that type of makeup in him that he could develop into this. But I think Bobby Portis of the guys that are on this roster are the, the, is the one big man that fits today's NBA. Again, like you said, though though it comes down to the
0: price. Yeah, it and does. This, and It also comes down to what the heck they are next year. Yeah, you know, if somebody gives Sadoransky a ginormous offer. Oh, Sadoransky is, yeah, as Scott Brooks said, I think we can decipher why he didn't play. His wife is nine months pregnant.
1: And the Pistons are happy that his wife is nine months pregnant because he kills the other. His wife
0: is nine months pregnant, and Scott Brooks said he's out for personal reasons, and then Scott Brooks added that he's never been so happy to say that Thomas Sadoransky is out for personal reasons. That's cool. Um, I like Scott. And then Scott's a nice guy. Yeah. And then uh, and then we and then we said so the baby's coming, and then he said I I can't I can't confirm it.
1: (laughs) No FaceTime from Thomas to Scott Brooks from the Mm. from the opera not operating room but uh, yeah exactly Scott
0: watched the whole process.
1: We sign off. (laughs)
0: Scott coached through it. Scott was just like there on the sidelines. (laughs) Breathe. Uh, Plug your plug your great work before we go.
1: yeah, so I, again, I appreciate you having me on here. Big fan of you, big fan of this podcast. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, J L Edwards I I I James L Edwards I I I say it again because um, I was going to spell out my full name, but I was like that's not my Twitter handle. Uh, yeah, cover the Pistons for the Athletic. I don't know if our there's a lot of D C to Detroit love, but I don't know if our fan base is. I think we're in, we're a similar pain. Our fan bases are in similar pain.
0: Yeah, but you Um, know what? I think Wizards fans might want to be checking stuff out because they're standings watching now. They're standings watching now. Wizards now four back in the lost column of the Pistons. Pistons on the eighth seed right now. And
1: very close to goodness there. I think they're now a game and a half from the sixth seed. So the Pistons have been out of the playoff picture for the last, like, two and a half months. And then they got uh, Boston on Wednesday. If they lose that, they still are in the playoff picture going into the All-Star break. But th- I think if they win on Wednesday and two teams above them lose, they could be right there in the sixth seed, which is nuts for a team that's the worst three-point shooting team in the league. But it says a lot about the Eastern Conference outside of the top five. So
0: Yes, it does. <laughs> it absolutely does. Uh, I will be back Wednesday Toronto, right? in Toronto. Shout of uh, to the Delta. Great hotel. Great hotel. Awesome hotel. Um, I'll be back Wednesday in Toronto, last game before the All-Star break. Uh, I will not be doing any podcasts over All-Star or anything like that. I'm just taking off podcasting after that. I'll, I'll be back. They open up against the Hornets after the All-Star break. I'll be back with another episode after that Hornets game on, uh, when is it, the 20, 22nd? The system's on the 22nd, so maybe
1: yeah. that Friday.
0: Yeah, that Friday. Yeah. Whatever that Friday is, that's when they play, so I'll be back after that one. But I'll be back on Wednesday with a guest, there are about 589 NBA media members in Toronto. Yes. So, even if the one who I have scheduled bails, I'll be able to get one of the other 588. I was saying 587 work for the athletic, yeah, in Toronto.
1: So, I think you'll be yeah. all right to find
0: them. exactly. Uh, but I'll be back on Wednesday from Toronto. A huge snowstorm in Toronto right now, so my flight tomorrow morning was already canceled. Had oh, to really? get, yeah, I had to get on another one, but hopefully, I will get there and hopefully, I'll be able to do this. And I have a, um I have a big Bradley Beal story coming out on Friday, so look out for that. Subscribe to The Athletic. Subscribe to Wizards After Dark on iTunes. Give us five stars. Leave a review. I'll be back on Wednesday. I'll talk to you guys later.